All right, if you want to grab your Bibles, take a seat. Uh, children, you're dismissed with Miss Joy to jumpstart. And uh, who saw the graphic for jumpstart this morning? I hope Calvin doesn't get into too much trouble, that big pokey stick that he's got, you know. There we go. Alrighty. So, Acts chapter 2. And I was meant to tell you to stay standing, wasn't I? You can tell I don't do this very often. All right, stand up. Let's show respect for God's word. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. I know many of us know these words off by heart. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. All right, now you can sit down. All right, welcome again to Jacksonville Presbyterian Church as we continue our sermon series entitled Everyday Disciples. And as we mentioned last week, this has a double meaning. It means that we are ordinary, everyday disciples led by God through Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and that we disciple every day, right? So uh, that's kind of the connection there. For us, and we are to connect with God not just on a Sunday morning, but throughout the week uh, together while we're apart. Now, let me clarify very quickly and from the beginning that even though this message today is entitled Private Worship, in no way does that encourage us to neglect the gathering together. Uh, each week, but it's a valuable and important addition to our corporate, or as I say, gathered Sunday worship. My hope is that as we study together for a few minutes this morning, that we'll be equipped to be mindful, active, and pursuing God throughout the week. For while the main purpose of us gathering on a Sunday morning, whether it be in person in the room or online at the moment, is to worship God, We know that we are charged up for the week and we get ready for the week ahead and everything that God will give us to deal with and to cope with and get through with his help. But imagine if Sunday morning was the only meal you had of the week. How many of you would make it to Monday afternoon? No, right? We'd be weak by then, wouldn't we? And so, truly, as the Lord's Prayer says, and we've been trying to instill with the the co-op as well, we need our daily bread. We need to be in the Word daily. We need to be in context and contact with God on a daily basis. Now, we can't ignore the days that we're going through at the moment. The virus is still with us. The fires, however, have taken front and center stage at the moment And so the need for connection with each other and with our Heavenly Father can never be more important than it is right now in this moment. That's why we're so convinced that the co-op 
is the right way. It is very important. It's very timely. Little did we know when it was being planned and birthed and conceived that these would be the exact conditions that we would be going through at this time. Now, some of you might be saying, perhaps not in the room because we've already talked about the co-op today, um, but uh, if you're listening to this later on or one thing or another, um, you might be saying, why are we going to the Grange co-op, Richard? Well, of course, I'm not talking about the Grange Co-op. I'm talking about the Ephraim Co-op, which is our daily publication, our readings and prayers, our connection with the Lord that we're doing together as a body of believers, as a church, as a family. And as we've shared before, it is a daily uh, time, Monday through Friday. And uh, if, you do gr- if you've done every day, if you're going to do every day, that's great. If you do just a few days, that's okay as well. But I do want to encourage to get into the habit of using the Ephraim Co-op as part of your regular connection with the Lord. And that's the first thing in private worship. It's connection with the Lord. To connect with him, but also to connect with your brothers and sisters in Christ in the local church that God has planted you in for right now. Connection is possibly the one thing that we've seen during the time of the coronavirus, during this pandemic, that has slipped, that has fallen a little bit. How many times have you found yourself over recent months seeing somebody from your church family that you haven't seen for several months and being really pleased to see them? You have a conversation, I've missed you so much. And then you realize you haven't picked up the phone, sent an email, sent a text, or even have a socially distanced visit with that person in the last six months. Or even come back to worship, and we've been back here in person since mid-June. Now, again, please do not hear what I am not saying. There are reasons for those who have not been able to come back in person. There are health concerns, there are very valid reasons, and... uh, I, uh, I understand that. But there's a balance to be struck. We have the live stream, which helps us, who, those who can't come, and perhaps new people to connect with us. But I want to encourage you, if you're here or if you're watching, share that live stream with somebody else, right? And we can grow the church during this time. Because the truth of the matter is, as church leaders, we want to tell you, we are fully aware there are those people from our congregation that are disconnecting, that are not coming, that are not watching, and not worshipping. And that concerns us. Now, I'm not going to make any apologies for checking up and checking in on people in our congregation. Certainly, for members, you've made a promise. You've made a vow to be shepherded by the church leadership of this local church. And I know I personally take that seriously. Pastor Dustin takes that seriously. Our church leadership takes that seriously. And so we're going to shepherd the sheep. We're going to find the ones that wander off, right? But there's also a responsibility on their behalf as well. So it's a two-way relationship. All that to say, please hear me when I say you are loved, you are cared for, And we want to be ministering to you and with you and through you in every circumstance and situation. And this is why we really beseech you. That's not a word you use very often, is it? I like it, though, right? 
We, and, it, and literally, I want to use the proper meaning of that. We beseech you, we implore you to be involved in the Ephraim Co-op. As we move forward for at least m- many months to come, if we're honest, we're going to have different restrictions. We're going to have different guidelines that are going to affect our lives. They're going to affect our gathering uh, together. But I want you to know we're constantly discussing and seeking the Lord on how we can gather safely, right? But this is a time when we can really uh, talk about and put emphasis on our private worship. Because private worship should actually be a vital part of our daily Christian lives and the life of our church, equipping us to serve in our particular local church as we are called to do. Think of it as training at a gym. How many of you actually like going to a gym? Okay, I've got about three hands. Um, But you recognize the importance of it, right? Even if you don't do it, you know you need to train your body, you need to keep it physically fit to be able to do the things you do. If you've ever been on a team It's no good just turning up to practice or turning up to the game, not having done anything else the rest of the week. And it's the same with church. We need to be in the Word daily. We need to be training. We need to be uh, equipped by the Lord. Famously, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 touch upon this. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We are called to be encouragers of others, encouragers of one another within the body in which you are called to serve and worship. And we can't do this if we are disconnected with God on a personal level. A recent article by Megan Hill for the Gospel Coalition states sobering, sobering stats that only 8.5%, 8.5% of the population are opening the Word of God on a daily basis, compared to 13.7% just last year. Megan goes on to suggest that the best way to be encouraged to read the Bible is to attend church. The support of your church family and the worship we share is vital to instill in us the hunger for God's word on a daily basis. It's not a lack of time or laziness, but Megan suggests it is a reduced view of the importance of scripture. Do we as believers actually believe the Bible is infallible, inerrant, authoritative and sufficient? the very word of God. If we do, then it needs to be the basis of our daily lives together. If you want to read the rest of that article, it's been posted on our Facebook page for you. Now, the term private worship implies it's something we do on our own, or at least away from the body of believers. But in fact, it's not possible to do it without the support and the encouragement of other believers at least not as effectively. Our fellowship that we share, its uniqueness, our local congregation. So when it comes to reading the Bible, that's another step in private worship. Okay, if you're writing any of these down, get these ones, reading the Bible. This one is one of the main aims of the co-op, that we're getting into the Word. Whether you read a verse, you read a chapter, or you read a book. I want to encourage you to spend that time daily. 
I recently had a conversation with my father-in-law about the Bible. And uh, we, we talked about the fact, or I talked about the fact, and he listened, if I'm honest, uh, that the Bible reads us. Like any great book, but specifically the Bible, it reads us as much as we read it. So I want you to be encouraged to allow the Word of God to read you, and then encourage other people to do the same. Now this week, many of us have read and prayed through various portions of God's Word. Some of you, as I say, will have read every single word. Some of you will have concentrated and been guided just by a few verses. And again, that is how this is designed. Just be encouraged to connect with God every day in some way. And as we're reading the same book, we're on the same page, we have that connection with each other. So each week in the sermon series, Everyday Disciples, we want to pick up one of the rhythms of our everyday discipleship, and this week it is private worship. And it's a bit of an overview because we're going to hit upon and preview some of those other rhythms today. Primarily, private worship, it occurs in our lives on a day-to-day experience. It can be with others, it can be on our own, but it's always to be directed to our Heavenly Father in the name of Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. To share and hopefully encourage and equip you, I want to draw from the readings that those of us who have done the co-op have read this week. Uh, Genesis 12 to 16, uh, a few of the different Psalms, and then Acts 1 to 5. Now, the main reading is going to be the one I read earlier, Acts chapter 2, but I want to talk about the others quickly before we get there. In Genesis, here's another part of private worship, we see direction and leadership of God. Okay, we need to see this in our private worship, direction and leadership of God. They're very evident. God is meeting with his people where they are and moving them to where he wants them to be in these readings. Even in the call, uh, in the call and response that we've had each day, we've thought about Moses at the burning bush, and what he does there is very much private worship. It's meeting with God, hearing his direction, and standing on holy ground, standing in God's presence. Now, I'm not saying we're all going to have exactly that experience, but to have a place, to have a time when we recognize that God is meeting with us on a daily basis, allowing his word and the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to metaphorically or indeed even physically to take off our shoes is important to be in God's presence, to recognize this is a holy experience. Then think of Abram, who is called to go from his home to a land that God would show him. And even though he doesn't always behave as he should, he doesn't always get it right, God is faithful. God is faithful to the promises that he makes to his covenant, a promise that is just as true today as it has always been. Being Just as God promised thousands of years ago, so he promises now to be with us, to guide us, to lead us, and yes, even to bless others through believers in him. In recent days, we've seen that. We've seen an outpouring of what community really means and what it's meant to be. We have witnessed devastation. We've witnessed complete loss. But at the same time, we have seen the way that people have given and received the support 
and the help that is so badly needed. And sometimes it can take a disaster for us to recognize the need of others around us. And into close focus, the work of God becomes evident. For hopefully, while we see that we have helped and uh, been a part of the physical and the emotional help that people have needed, as a church, we have the unique role to play in sharing the real hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. Have you had that opportunity this week? Have you had the opportunity to share Jesus physically, emotionally, and yes, spiritually? Did you take it? Now, that is not in any way to shame anybody or to make anybody feel bad, but it's just to remind us that we have those opportunities each and every day, and God will give us the words to share and the actions to share. And it focuses us on the unique role we have to play as the church in the days that lie ahead of us. If we believe truly that God is the one who makes the difference, then we need to be sharing him with others. And this can be a focus, this can be key in our private worship, asking God to give us those opportunities and to help us to take them. Where is God moving you to? He very rarely calls us away from somewhere as much as he calls us to somewhere and to something. We are aware of so many who have lost everything material in their lives, even within our own congregation. And I am not saying in any way that we do not supply those material material things. Of course we do. But we are also called to weep with those who weep, to pray with those who pray, to love them as Christ wants us to This week, we've been able to connect with a number of displaced people, and uh, we had some here at the church, and we had the opportunity to invite them to come to our fellowship, to be part of a local body, and encourage them, if they weren't already a part of the church, that this could be their church, and if, if it was somewhere else, then helping them to settle in there as well is vitally important. I had the great privilege of replacing Bibles in the lives of some of our folk as well, and being able to enrich their personal worship again, focusing them on the written word of God. Now, before I get to Acts 2, and I will get there, I promise, I promise, I want to encourage you just really quickly from the Psalms. The Psalms, a lot of them written by David. David is a great one for writing things down. He's a great one for giving God praise, rehearsing God's character, all of those kind of really up and positive things, he's also a really good one for being brutally honest and lamenting. Now, lamenting is not something we often do in public worship. Perhaps we don't do it nearly as much as we should. But in private worship, to be full of just who we are, what we're feeling, pouring out our emotion to God. So here's some steps in private worship for you. Praise and lament, confession of sin, proclaiming God's character. All of these we see in the Psalms. And yet, the other thing we see clearly is David points us always to the good character of God, to his grace and his mercy, his love, and his justice. So we need to be, in our private worship especially, brutally honest. After all, any mask, no pun intended, okay, yes it was, 
any mask we try and put on with God, right, is absolutely pointless. He knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows our character. And another thing in private worship particularly is we see ourselves and others as he sees and knows. How beautiful a vision of the world it would reveal. It would reveal our stains. It would reveal our flaws, but only so that God could wash us clean and we could see our flaws as those unique things that God has given us so that we could reflect his glory. There are times in the Psalms and other things in private worship, really quickly, is to pause, to be still, be quiet, seek the Lord where he may be found, and yes, journal about them. One of the Psalms we read this week was a very obvious pointer towards uh, journaling. You might not think there's as much about the Bible as journaling, uh, journaling as there is, but one thing is that is uh, pointed towards there, implied, if you like, Psalm 118, several I statements, where the psalmist, we're not sure who it is in this case, is saying things like in verse 13 of Psalm 118, I was pushed hard, so I was falling, but the Lord helped me. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. So he's writing down his experiences, his heart, and I would encourage you to do the same. These are all vitally important in our private worship. Now, let's get to Acts chapter 2. Here's the quick version. Acts chapter 2, if you've still got it open in front of you, so I'm not going to read it again, uh, verses 42 to 47. We're going to camp out in a few minutes, just for a few minutes here. Firstly, we see the importance to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What does that mean for us today as modern-day uh, followers, believers, church members? Well, firstly, of course, it's another calling to be in God's Word, where we have some of the apostles' teaching written down. But it's also to devote ourselves to the teaching of today's church leadership. As long as it is biblical, as long as it is sound, which is why we as preachers, when we get up here, what do we do to tell you to do? Get out your Bibles, have it in front of you, so that you can see that we're not pulling this stuff out of thin air. We're not making it up. We're taking it straight from God's Word. Another clear encouragement to join the co-op as we as church leaders feel the direction of the Holy Spirit on how to shepherd the flock right now, and we feel that this is the way, a means, a container, or whatever terminology you're going to use, that we can do together apart that brings us together. The question has to be, are you devoted to the local church? Now, I can see that you're here. I know that those of you who are watching or online are devoted to it. But I also wonder, and I find myself thinking this as well, in the COVID world, do we look around the internet for the teaching that we want to hear? We can find all this sound, great teaching out there. Nothing wrong with it. But is your private worship still connecting you with the fellowship that you currently are called to be a part of, where you are called to serve, where you have your spiritual home, where you can use your gifts, you can grow in your faith? I am not sorry that there is the internet. I was watching my cousin's church this morning. I, Brett is probably one of my favorite preachers in the world. But I'm not called to belong there right now. I'm not called to serve there right now. I'm called here. And if I get all of my teaching from somewhere else, how can I be really connected to this local body? 
as I should be. The sentence continues, they devoted themselves also to the fellowship. And there's a sense of commitment to belonging to one another. And it's more than just hanging out together after church and having a fun time. It's the kind of fellowship that involves friendship and a mutual sharing and accountability. And some of you may have experienced this in a koinia group. I know some of you have used that term. Well, that word, in case you don't know, is the Greek word here that's translated uh, as fellowship. But it can also be translated as association, community, communion, joint participation, and contact. All the elements that we try and encourage in our church today, whether it be in small groups, the gathered body, uh, or even within a family unit. And one suggestion for this time, one practical application, is that your private worship could be with other people from our church, right? It is individual, but it could be with other people. Have you thought about gathering with some people from our church that are local to you? Perhaps your regular community group, those of you in community groups, can't meet for various reasons, distance, vulnerable uh, people in illness, that kind of thing, and you're just zoomed out, right? But how about getting together with some people from our church that live locally? And maybe, maybe this is a time to grow the church. You could invite somebody that doesn't go to any church into that group and have some private worship together, share, watch the stream together, even re-watch it in the middle of the week, something like that. Maybe watch the discovery class, just a plug. This might be a great opportunity to share faith with those who haven't had faith shared with them before. Now, it goes on, talks about the breaking of bread. We'll get into this in, in later rhythms, obviously. Uh, but there is a reference there possibly to communion, but it's also to sharing a meal. How many of you say grace at a meal? Yeah? How many of you get it as short as possible so you can eat as quickly as possible? Okay. We did that in Aberystwyth when I was in college. It was almost a competition how few words you could use so that you could eat, all right? But the truth of the matter is I just want to give you another practical way of having some private worship at home. Start just a little bit earlier and ask everybody around the table to simply, that's a word, simply share a blessing that God has given them that day. I think you'll be amazed at the focus of the conversation during the meal might be completely different. And it might also draw us away from sitting in front of the TV watching uh, a TV show, eating rather than talking to one another. And yes, I'm talking to myself here very much. Okay, later on in the sermon series, we're going to talk about fasting, which is obviously something that we do uh, privately and is an important part of it, whether it be fasting from a meal for a day, for a, a TV show, a video game, whatever it might be, and using that time to focus on the Lord. Although I do love uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Dust, I'm getting confused here, Dustin Thompson's great phrase that he used to use when he was the youth director here was, we'll meet and we'll eat. Think about it for a moment. That's what the early church did, right? They ate and met, and they worshipped together. Okay, looking down at verses 46 and 47, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. Now, we don't go to temple every day. We know this. But think about the purpose that they did that for. They did it so they could glorify God, that they could praise God each and every day, 
and they went home, and they didn't just receive their physical food with gladness. I want to suggest they received their spiritual food in that way as well. And then, of course, we go on to prayer. Prayer has a huge place in private worship. If you don't pray for seven days, what does it make? One week, right? I know it's an old one, but it's a good one. So again, encourage you in the co-op. Use that as a prayer journal. Just jot down, uh, you know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, and very importantly, intercession. I just encourage you, pray for your church family. We give you a church to pray for. We give you a mission to pray for, a soldier to pray for. I'm going to challenge you, do what we do as a staff. Grab hold of a church directory. We'll print you a new one and pray for a page a day. Pray for your church family and realize that your church family will be praying for you. I'm going to wrap up in a moment, um, but I want, to, I want to touch on the fact that, you know what happened in the early church? There was awe. There was wonder. God was at work and he was seen to be at work. Do you see God at work? Have you seen him at work even in the devastation of the last week, week and a half? I know I have. And sharing those things, praising God for those things amidst a year that we're wondering if meteorites are next, zombie apocalypse. Who'd have thought that Tiger King was probably the most normal thing in 2020? I stole that, by the way. (laughs) But God's not surprised. He's not asleep, he's active, he's loving, he's there. Look for those God moments. And the final thing that the co-op brings, that private worship brings, is a unity. A unity with other believers. We've prayed similar prayers this week, even though we're complete individuals. We've read the same scripture, God has led in similar ways. I'm sure if we compared some of those notes in days to come, we would find themes running through them as God guides and leads. And as we go forward from today, he is continuing to lead us to be the church, to proclaim the gospel, and that our private and yet connected worship would inform our lives so that we grow in our faith and enable us as a church to be praising God and to pray to see those who are being saved added to the church. To his name be the glory, the honor, and the praise now and forever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for what you have done, you are doing, and have promised you will do. As we come to the table now, help us to have you as the complete focus of our lives, not just on a Sunday morning gathered, but throughout the week, in our homes, in our workplaces, and everywhere you place us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.